da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. So allow me to set the scene here. We are at a remote location, very remote, away from all civilization, yeah. on the Isle of Barden. Mm -hmm. The Barden Isle de Bardon. <laughs> Compound de Bardon. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I run my uh, cult in here. My thousand. The Bardonians. Cult. The Bardonians. We believe in a variety of tenets. Number one being, um, we just it's. M all Shirts only, no pants, okay. but all party. Like Donald Duck style. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. You have to be Donald Ducking at all times. <laughs> yep. Always Donald Ducking. Um, and that's really that. I guess I overstated it. That's really the only thing we believe in. <laughs> Is Donald Ducking. Uh -huh. Okay. Well, let me yep. to set the scene nonetheless. We are at Casa de Barden. Yeah, we're here at my house. For the first time recording live, and we'll be joined by our producer later. Who has never appeared on the show? Appeared officially on the show. We have teased. I think he's been in the presence of a couple episodes, but we've never actually put him on. And you're gonna want to stay tuned for that. And mm -hmm. we'll be talking some O.J. Simpson stuff. Yeah, just it's 2016. This was the year of O.J. If anything else, mm -hmm. it's not the year of Trump. It's the year of O.J. And sure. uh, it uh, it's gonna be a good time to talk about those things. And Stephen is an expert in this, these types of uh, subjects. Yes. And I'm I'm looking forward to this conversation. I am but too. To set the stage here, uh, Richard has a lot of books on the shelf. Yeah. And I, I I used to have a lot more. I gave I sold a ton. How many books is that, would you say? Oh. That we're looking at. And we could tweet this picture out or something. A couple hundred. Couple, but I sold that's a lot. I sold probably four times that before moving in here. Moving into my last apartment because I just didn't have the storage for them. And then these shelves were bit built by my girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they look nice. Thank you. She built those. But that to say, Richard is very literate. I, there's a new, there's newspapers and books everywhere. He's just constantly just surrounded <laughs> by knowledge. Yeah. All, you just have a. It has to be. It. it doesn't. It doesn't penetrate my skull. Having said that, I see that Bruce Blanche autobiography. <laughs> that that is number one. Yeah. Who got that, you that? That would be you, my yep. friend. That is. I filled out a survey the other day with a friend. Like New York Times has this thing called Buy the Book, which is where they. It's. I highly recommend it. So they just talk to random people, and they ask them. It's kind of like inside the actor studio, but about your book, your reading habits. Mm -hmm. And one of the questions always is, uh, "What book would people be surprised to put on your, that is on your shelf?" And I always say, and and then the other question that's on there is, "What's the best gift book you've ever received?" And the answer to both of those were Bruce by Bruce Valanche, <laughs> right. the Bruce Valanche autobiography, and, and that's pamphlet. I mean, it's, it's like it's 80 got, pages. It's got to be hardback, 80, though. It's got to be eighty-five max. That didn't go straight to that didn't go straight to paperback. That's hardback worthy. I think that's a first edition. I think it is. I don't know if it's signed. I got it for twenty-five cents, so <laughs> probably is. It's not signed yet. Yet. Until I. Hopefully, the, he signs it with one of his great T-shirt quips. He he wears shirts with attitude on quite a regular basis. Mm -hmm. That's one of his trademarks. Two shirts. By the way, are they bringing back Hollywood Squares? I don't want to get on this I tangent, think. but. Why not? What else do we have to do? Um, Aren't, isn't like Strahan always or something? bringing that back? Yeah, game shows are big again. This happens. This is a thing in the culture about every eight or nine years. Game shows come back. Game shows come back. And right now with like the Baldwin's Match Game. Yeah. Family Feud with Steve Harvey reinvigorating Family Feud. They brought brought uh, 
what thousand dollar pyramid or whatever yeah. with they realize Strahan. every once in a while they realize oh man these are so cheap to make and if we can get anyone to watch them it's a win how many game show podcasts are there out there i don't know just on an estimation we you should just talk, do them. talk game shows we all should, the time you know how there's like three breakdown last night's jeopardy <laughs> i love jeopardy but oh i do too but you know there's those shows now there's like three podcasts now that break down like old episodes of west wing which is like yeah yeah weird to me because it's not like it's currently in the culture. Well, what, but it's fine. What, what do you do when you run out of West Wing? That's the only question. <laughs> yeah, you know, you go back through it. The reason we kind of do the current day thing is because there's always movies coming out. Yeah, it's one thing we can guarantee. Can't guarantee there'll ever be any more West Wing. <laughs> hey, we never. At one point, we thought there would be no more Gilmore Girls or Full House. That's true. But anyway, it would be great to go back and do a podcast. Ken and I are full of great podcast ideas. One we may give you guys for free coming up. Yeah, or we may keep it we, secret. We might we need to tease it, but it's it's. Th- it's serial level in terms of concept and yeah. changing how podcasts are consumed and listened to <laughs> and produced and produced on a daily basis. Uh, we could tease that at the end of this episode, but we probably won't. Yeah, but stay we'll tuned just in case we do. Yeah, we might. But I would like to go back and just do old ep- podcasts on old episodes of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire with Regis. <sighs> the yes. Regis ones. Yeah. What was the guy's name that won? And I don't he remember. Called his dad. Yeah, said, that, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna win a million dollars. What a baller! What that, a baller that, status. That, move guy that guy might was. be the most underrated baller of all time. Yeah. Like we talk about, you know, Odell Beckham. We talk about Steph Curry. These guys that just call their shots and do it. Ken but, Jennings. Yeah, but this guy was an underrated early 2000s, like just throwing it out there, putting it on the table. Legend. Looking back, though, I think I did go back and watch that episode. Uh huh. All the questions were so softball. Yeah. I, I think they were really trying to let this make somebody win. Yeah. He didn't even use any lifelines. They yeah, were I know. So soft, they were, the they, only lifeline he used was to call. He's like, yeah. I would like to call my dad. Yeah. Man, awesome. Anyway, mm-hmm. so it's good to be here at your house and Thanks to for talk coming. with you this evening. Um, This is now the only way I do the show now is if you come to me. I saw this article that's been kind of trending online, and I want to get your thoughts on it before mm-hmm. we're joined by our our humble partner. Mm-hmm. And the title of the article is Brendan Fraser, the movie star that Hollywood forgot. <laughs> I haven't forgotten him. <laughs> no one has. I mean, no one's really. Can't. You can't. I, I think about like him every that. time I wake up in the morning. It's the first thing I think of. He's that <laughs> embedded into my subconscious. You think about <laughs> him laughing at the Emmys? <laughs> yeah, just flashing back to Blast from the Past and Airheads, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever else. Yep. Um, George of the Jung- George of the Jungle was that him? That was Brendan Fraser. Uh, Dudley Do Right. Dudley Do Right. Did we have this conversation a couple? We've weeks? had parts of it, but I I think we should. No, keep we had a conversation it. about just weird uh, cartoons that were it, made into movies. It but. was. I would love because that's when we were talking Rocky and Bullwinkle too, as well. Yes. Yeah. I would love a book. You know, looking at these books of mine, I would love like a good two hundred page book on the agency or whomever that made. Brendan Fraser famous in like 1995. The agent or agency? It had to be like who? How? Why did we decide on Brendan Fraser? He was that's, that's good the, looking in George of the Jungle. Like he was jacked. He had cool hair. That's the question. Then he immediately the, got fat. Yeah, and pale, that's but he that's, stayed famous. That's what the gist of this is, and I kind of want to just it's it's just a fun topic, maybe just in gener- in general terms of the star complex and how quickly somebody can be at the top of the world and how quickly they can be forgotten. And really for no particular reason at all. Like, yeah. it's not like there's one thing he did 
or it was just like everyone's all out on that guy. It was just like yeah. everyone just became all out on that guy from really. I'm trying. Sometimes this happens. Let's go through the IMDb and just make sure because <laughs> this Monkey hap- Bone and things like that did happen. <laughs> yeah, he had like a really consistent. Uh, Looney but Tunes all of his movies movie. were bad. But a lot of times this happens where people come on and replace those people. It's like who uh, replaced? I don't know. Was it the I don't the know. Marvel whole thing? The Hemsworths and the Chris Evanses and maybe Robert but it Downey was before Jr. That I feel like. I feel Frasier like was done by about oh three oh four. Okay, well let's make that determination. But what did, were you ever a fan of him? And when he no, was in, uh, I, his I peak? the only the only movie of his I ever really liked. Uh, I guess I liked the Mummy. Was I liked Bedazzled? Okay, because I that was peak. Well, peak was on his early. IMDb. He is known for. Mm-hmm. The, you can pick four. Okay. He's known for the Mummy. Gotcha. Mummy Returns. Number two. Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, See, which I don't, I don't remember that one at all. Someone emailed us about that this week, and I don't remember that ever existing, but apparently it did. Tomb? Is that the third one, I guess? Yeah. No, wait. He came back with oh. Jet Li in 2008 and did Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon That had what? to be straight to video. There's no way that ever exists. Cause then they you know what? The guy that the emailed us co- is like in Australia, and so maybe it was just a foreign release. Let me see. But That's anyway, all that to say... The fourth one, Bedazzled. Yeah, see, as a... With Elizabeth Hurley. I was born in 86. That movie came out in probably 2000, so I was a 14-year-old boy, and that was a big, popular movie. So, A New Evil Awakens was the tagline for... It was The Mummy 3, also known as The Mummy 3. Budget of $145 million. Whoa, that's a lot of money. It grossed 100 so it lost what, money. What country let that gross $100 million? don't know i think that's u.s is that yeah domestic. where were we We're opening in... weekend it made 40 million how do we not remember this ever you existing at, least, at all you, you at least were on tour during that time but i, I have remember no those excuse. movies i remember seeing the dark knight and things like that in 2008 right. yeah uh, it wasn't like i wasn't at the movies and at least consciously aware of what was out there i would have remembered this i feel like tomb of the dragon what Emperor. a great title what is we host what a, is life right now? Yep. Anyway, okay. We sound terrible right so now. So if we're officially cute. going back, let's let's I find out where it all went wrong. I think you want to look around okay. 01, 02 for the the beginning of the fall. I think the zenith was two thousand. Okay, so do we want to start with Encino Man, Son in Law, yeah, yeah, that's Airheads, yeah, the he, Pauly Shore comedies is where he kind of started. Yeah. He started with Pauly Shore, and then Airheads with, was was uh-huh. with the Sandman, Sandler. And in the army now, more Polly. Yep. And then we go to sc- the scout, where he was a baseball player, I believe. Okay, that, I remember the 1990s. that. Remember the uh, yeah, the yeah, cover. It was the Albert Brooks movie. Yeah, you always see the. Co- I remember the cover in Blockbuster all the time. <laughs> yeah, you never forget like certain <laughs> yep. movie covers and things. Absolutely. Mine and is the mine is Ed with a with Matt LeBlanc, where he's like high fiving the <laughs> monkey on the cover. Let me make sure mine is high fiving uh, the monkey because. Is it I remember that. What is the Holy Man with Eddie Murphy where he has a shaved head and he's like doing a Buddha pose on the front? Uh, Yeah. That's one I always remember. <laughs> that, there that, was like two tiers of movies, though. There was ones that were at Blockbuster and then there was the ones that were in like the video section at the grocery store. <laughs> Those were always worse. The, no, this was my family. We were forced 
to always go to the grocery store video <laughs> section. Yeah. We never got to go to Blockbuster. Yeah. Like to actually go to the Blockbuster name brand one was yeah. like a big deal. Yeah. Like like we're getting and that was the uh, new release and it had the red. Remember the red yeah. was yes. like these are hot. Yes. High fiving a monkey <laughs> confirmed. How did I remember that? Okay. Sorry. I saw that in theaters. <laughs> I did not. Um, what defines the 90s more than Matt LeBlanc and monkeys? <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, that's the most 90s thing. We were just super into chimps for like four years. Yeah. Don't know why. We had that. There's a lot of simian humor. We had yes. that. We had Dunstan checks in. Yeah. Um, we had, I remember one time I was a kid and I, this is most the, valuable primate. Mm-hmm. That was the Airbud. Yeah. With the uh, monkey. I remember I was a kid and I was sick. There we go. People who liked. Ed oh, also liked MVP, <laughs> Most Valuable Primate. Look at this other recommend. Baby Geniuses, great one. Amazing Panda Adventure. I remember that. I remember that one. I remember that. And uh, another classic is uh, Homeward Bound from that era. We were into the talking animals. That's that that's the king of, like, you're just going to make people cry, aren't you? Yeah. Movies. We're, you're going to kill the freaking dog, aren't you? Oh, yep. Spoilers. <laughs> uh, so no, he, he, come, he runs up at the end, remember? He lives. You can tell they added that in post. So, in terms terribly. of Brendan Fraser, where did it all go wrong? So, George of the Jungle was 1997. That's really all he did between now and then. And My dog's about to bark. Duck just Man. warning the listeners. Oh, hey, doggy. Yep, there it is. Boom. That's all of his first official appearance on the show. Hey, come on in, guys. We've Water got an show. audience. How you doing? Uh, George of the Jungle. Uh People somehow started to like him more after that. Yeah, think I know. about that? Like, that's not a career killer. It, I think that did well. Let's check out the gross of George of the Jungle. You want to make a bet right now? Uh, yeah, I won't look. Let's. I'm going to guess $55 million. When's the last time a dog was killed live on a, on the air of a podcast? <laughs> I'm sure that's exists. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it grossed 100 in the U.S., Richard. Oh, my goodness. It was a budget of 55 Wow, that's weird that I got that. That's weird that you got that right on the head because you're weird. Um, um, but so Blast from the Past was after that, and that's kind of, I guess, maybe his yeah, that was big. general public appearance. That got uh, him from, like, du- even though that movie is dumb, it wasn't as dumb as some of the other stuff he was doing, and this was the transition film for him into into uh, the the Mummy franchise, I would think. Because that Mummy's like, right Into a that. name that your mom would know yep. kind of a guy. And he follows up the Mummy with Dudley Do-Right, like you do. <laughs> And then follows. I did not realize that was after the Mummy. And He's then like, he I got the biggest blockbuster of 1999. <laughs> Should probably follow that up with Dudley Do Right. Just to be. Then he's the voice in Sinbad. Remember that? Uh, Sinbad, the not the not Sinbad, the Brad Pitt Sinbad. one. Brad Pitt one. Yeah, it wasn't Brad Pitt did an animated Sinbad. I think he did. I don't think so. Oh, I'm about to put in the call here. Sinbad. No. Yeah, he did. Legends of the Seven Seas. Boom. 2003. Get wrecked, what? Kent. Bring it on. Yeah, so he does. Sinbad, th- Veil of the Mists is Brendan Fraser's Sinbad. Mm-hmm. Didn't know there were multiple well, Sinbad animated And that doesn't even factor in Sinbad. Yeah. And we're going to do some Sinbad talk later, too. <laughs> we're going to talk First Kid. We're going to talk House Guests. We're going to talk Jingle All the Way. The only three Sinbad <laughs> movies. I, I was surprised I could pull those three. Good Burger. Don't forget Good Burger. Oh, he does have a nice cameo in Good Burger. So, yeah, so then he goes into The Mummy, and let's go, and then... Mummy, After The Mummy... It's The Mummy 2, and... You're going to just be doing yeah. Mummy movies. Like, you're going to be Mummy guy. So he didn't really do anything in regards to anything after no. The Mummy that I know of that was 
He did. That's Somewhat when he. Offensive. That's when he does. That's when he go. Brave Vengeance. That's 2010, though. Yeah, go back early 2000s because he comes out with Looney Tunes. Bedazzled is right after that. Monkey Bone. That's what returns. killed him. Yeah, I think Monkey Bone is what killed him outside of the Mummy universe, and then he follows that with Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes back in action. 2003. And then it's over. And then more Mummy stuff, and yep. then it's kind of over. Journey to the Center of the Earth. But those were successful. Yeah. I think th- I think The Rock took over that franchise yeah, as well. Yeah, The Rock did that. Yeah, he maybe The Rock is who replaced Brendan Fraser. We just decided, why don't we go straight to the source? Because he replaced him oh, in The Mummy. That is a great point. Yeah, I think The Rock replaced Brendan Fraser. And we just upgraded about... It's like if you went from MS-DOS to Windows 10 in one step. <laughs> like <laughs> That's kind any, of a natural Yeah, It's just such a giant jump. I never thought about the fact that he took over... Uh, he was in G.I. Joe, Rise of Cobra. He was sar- he was uncredited, though. He didn't want that. That's how bad G.I. Joe is. Brendan Fraser was like, eh, I don't want this on the resume. I think this is what killed him. And I didn't realize he was relevantly making movies somewhat in 2000, in, up until 2010. Yeah. Well, we, also we also didn't know there was a Mummy movie in 2008. That's true. But nobody did. So Is this apparently. the one? Extraordinary Measures. Is this, this the one, one with Harrison Ford? Ford? Oh, okay. Harrison Ford. Um... And I think it was a January release that made like zero dollars. Uh, okay. Top ten everything you hate about 2010 was an article that was just pulled up regarding that. So <laughs> that's all you need to know. But furry vengeance in the same year, which was a guy basically a zookeeper kind of a yeah. Oh yeah. Where you're just talking to animals. He likes things. those. Brendan, he's a and w- anytime you can start with Brooke Shields. Yeah. Oh wow. I don't even want to go down the wormhole of the guy who directed. <laughs> Look, I'm watching Kent wormhole so hard. He also did Furry <laughs> Vengeance and, and director. <laughs> he also did Cruel, Cruel Intentions too. The Superior. Yeah, you got to go with the sequels on that. Pawn Shop Chronicles, starring Brendan Fraser <laughs> as Ricky. I'm sure that was. I mean, when you read the title, oh, Paul Walker, what are you oh, doing, man? His name's character's name's Raw Dog too. Come <laughs> <What>? on. <laughs> Oh, Let show some respect. This. Let's delete this off IMDb. Okay. All right, we're done with that. But it's just what what are what's maybe another actor that just disappeared out of our conscious. Well, completely. here's my question for you though. On a similar topic, you know, McConaughey went away for a while, and then the McConaughey happened. Yeah. Do we have a Fraser sons in us as a society? We had a. We're having a Keaton sons yes, right now. Keaton's in back. The midst of it. Yeah, is there a chance that maybe Brendan Fraser brings it in something in five or ten years okay, and well, gets a not, like a Golden Globe nomination? I won't. I won't aim too high. Yeah, let's see what he has ahead of us. Uh, he has Texas Rising, which was a miniseries on History Channel. I remember that. Oh yeah. Um, I don't think he has anything coming up as far as movies are concerned. Maybe he retired from movies. Behind the King Curtain Night is uh, another one, too. So I don't know what that is. Romance sci-fi. So that's maybe his way back is romance sci-fi. But I think it's just an interesting topic because, again, we just went back and looked. There's no real evidence other than if you want to say Furry Vengeance did it, then fair. But, again, nobody saw that. So yeah. it can't be. No, I think, I think, I think it somebody, was Monkey Maybe Chris, Chris Pratt came. Yeah, but that was 2012. Yeah, I think it might have just been Monkey Bone killed him. Anytime you're with Chris Catan is going <laughs> to just ruin your <laughs> We don't have time for that story that 
tangent. Yeah, no. It's in an episode. Just go back and listen to all of our episodes. You'll find it in there somewhere. Just so, just so you know, Richard hates Chris Kattan. You want to know why? Just go back and listen to every episode, and you'll find out. It's funny. It's a good story, but it only deserves to be told once. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, let's take a break here, and then we'll welcome our guest and have a good old rocking time. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business, or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron, blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. So we are blessed by the presence this of people don't producer know. Steven. Producer Steven is in the house. We've tried to book him on air. Yeah, I've been trying to get on the show for a while now. <laughs> You've executive produced the show for four years and have never <laughs> and have been, not able been to allowed get on. on. Yeah. No. Hey, we, you're working way up in the Mad About yeah. Universe. Steven is a friend of all of ours. My, Brian's not here, but he's a friend of Brian's as well. And he's the. He, I will introduce well, him. Well, as, is anybody? That's true. As much as one can be friends with Brian, Steven <laughs> is. Steven and I have been friends for like 10 years now. Yeah. Right? And uh, and lovers for three, yeah, and uh, and uh, Kent. I introduced Stephen to Kent and Brian years ago, and Stephen's yeah. the smartest man in the universe and one of the funniest, and he has very weird passions. And so on this episode, we already broke down Brendan and Fraser for twenty minutes, so we figured why not? Let's just get to know Stephen. So when he comes on yeah. and reviews movies in the future, which he will do, you'll understand the brilliance that is that is Mr. Stephen, producer Stephen, Steve Oh. So, welcome, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me, finally. Uh, of course. Of course. We would have had you many times, but you always bail on yeah. us. You're like... You're like... Uh, have to be elusive. <laughs> we're, we're, we're Matt Damon and you're Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. yeah. Good Any, analogy. Sorry, we ran out of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was fun. So, right. Kent, lead us. Where can we go from here? 
Um, what what would you say is a topic of interest yeah, that Steven. maybe had two series documentary style done to <laughs> it this year? Oh wow, I that don't you have know. Some opinions on. Well, I guess you're talking about the OJ case. <laughs> I think I am. Stephen um, has hot opinions on yeah. OJ. Forever. So first of all, first of all, uh, we'll start from here. Did you see either of the series that were? I saw the second one, the um, OJ Made in America, the documentary. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all seven parts. I'm yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, anything new come to light regarding? I would say you know, the the seventh or sixth, whatever the last part was, was very interesting about his um, exile in Florida and uh-huh. Nevada post the uh, trial. Right. Would you rather be exiled in uh, Siberia, like um, Russians used to do, or Florida? Oh, definitely Siberia. Yeah, come on, <laughs> absolutely. At least you could be like Dostoevsky. <laughs> Siberia yeah. or Florida? Oh, right. definitely Siberia. <laughs> yeah, nice. Are you kidding weather. me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's, no. It's minus twenty-five. All but the are time. there alligators in people's pools, Kent? No, no. There but aren't. what you do have is the Trans-Siberian Orchestra <laughs> blaring on yeah, every loudspeaker. I think that's actually the law. Is yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> so when I met Stephen years ago, we went, somehow it came up the OJ trial. Uh huh. I think that was when he was rearrested. It was when he was rearrested the second time, and I, Stephen and I talked, and you said, "There's no way he could possibly be guilty of any of this. That he's he's been framed. There's no well, way." Let's start from there. Yeah, okay. I'm getting there. Okay. I'm going to let him come in on this. He's <laughs> absolutely innocent. OJ is innocent, and I said, "Why do you think he's innocent?" And. And, well, I just gave the proof that he rushed for 2,000 yards in a season when nobody did it, you know? Yeah. 14-game season. Yeah, 14-game season. One of the 16 games like they have now. I mean, really? <laughs> Let's just go down. Let's go through the facts here. What do we know about O.J.? We do know that he rushed for 2,000 yards in a season. <laughs> right. What we don't know is if he's a murderer. Right. We don't know that. Do we? No, no, it's not on a football card. I do know the <laughs> 2,000 yards is, though. Are you sure it's not on a football card? I'm sure. There's no, it's on a pog. It's, uh, it's oh, yeah. We've, we've discussed uh, something Richard and I have discussed greatly is the... Um, Steven has OJ trial-themed pogs. Yeah. Yes. The uh, Apparently, one of OJ's so biggest 90s. impacts, Gosh. much like the trial, was on the pog industry. Yeah. <laughs> he sent these to me like a year ago. And bought them right on yeah. eBay, and you said there's multiple sets. By the way, there's <laughs> there's the Trail of Blood set. There's a couple of other ones. Um, and you said you're going to put your kids through college on this. Yeah, on the, of course it, they're going to go up in value. They're up to like three dollars now. I mean, is there a Lance Ito slammer? No, not <laughs> yet. That's a shame. That's a shame. What what I really appreciated about and if since you've seen it, Richard, the FX mm-hmm. series. Yeah. What I appreciated about that was that they did shed light on like the people other than OJ. Right. That kind of made the trial what it was. Yeah. What and a weird phenomenon that was in hindsight. That uh-huh. everyone was just yeah. locked in. I mean, he was a people don't really I think people forget what a big star OJ was. Well, for people who were kids when it happened, that's what we know him as is yeah. the guy who was accused I, of murder. I was in third grade at, yeah. were you in fourth grade yeah. when they announced it? So I was in third grade, Kent was in second grade. I and remember it. I remember they came over it. the PA system yeah. Yeah. to announce the verdict. Yeah, I know. In yeah. an elementary school. Think about that. How yeah. funny is that? Yeah, exactly. Hey, kids, this running back that retired before you were born that they said murdered this lady. Not a murderer. Not a murderer. According right. to the justice system. <laughs> back to long division. Yep. Have a good one. Let's say for a second, let's assume, and mm-hmm. I don't know what stance you take other than what Richard just said as far as 
Steven's a complicated is it, man. So the, uh, he couldn't have murdered somebody based on that he had 2,003 yards well, at the time in 1973. I, is, uh, up for, is that? I think my position more when I was 10 was the idea that, you know, like most elementary school students, I really value the justice system. And right. I just kind of thought, you know, he deserved a fair trial. Right. Now, I honestly at the time thought he was probably going to be convicted, but I came out and said, I think he's innocent because he deserves a chance to, you know. I came out and said, there is a possibility he'll be innocent here. And everyone, you know, all the grownups told me I was wrong. And, you know, look how wrong they were. But, um, you know, I just said, there's a possibility he'll be innocent. He deserves his trial. Sure. Of course, I didn't know that he would be found innocent at the time, but what a shocker what? he was. What the shocker to me was, um, maybe more about the jury, but the fact that there was really nothing to clear him of the murder. <laughs> Whoa. Anything. First live Kent sneeze on a podcast. Ooh. You can't edit those out. I know. I mean, I like there that. was never anything in the trial that was like, oh, he was good. He wasn't there. And there was no alibi. There was no evidence suggesting otherwise. But the, the, the only evidence that they did have linked him to the murder. <laughs> Well, which they, they couldn't convict him of. Which that's, but that when was you, very confusing. When you can to get me. the best lawyers, you can just make the case that you know, doubt, there's yeah. reasonable doubt. You just got to convince one yeah. juror, not all twelve, yeah. right? I think so. I'm not an expert on that. That there was doubt know. that he wasn't there. The glove that didn't fit, been, man. It did not. I think it fit. I agree. <laughs> he's an actor. He was like, uh, you know, he's in Naked Gun movies and all that. Yeah, exactly. He wasn't really if an you actor. <laughs> Until, you're using the term actor well, loosely. You, I, you know what I mean. Like he <laughs> he uh he could play it up. Yeah, for sure. Uh, if you don't want it to fit, you don't have to make it fit. But and that, they, that's and like, I, like they pointed out in both the documentary and in the uh, mm-hmm. and in the TV show, um, they put he made him put on a rubber glove before putting on the freaking glove. But that comes back to the issue. The issue is more with what the defense did, and they went into that more in yeah. the uh, documentary. It was more the defense's. Or the, I'm sorry, the prosecution's malpractice. Yeah, they wanted him to try you know, it. Yeah. You know, if they hadn't have done that, he probably would have been convicted. Yeah, you know? that's true. They were No, what what was going to happen was they were going to have him put on the glove, but they asked him first. Wasn't that it? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They were going to have him do it, but before they could say anything, yep. uh, Marsha Clark got up there, or no, it was Darden, mm-hmm. got up there and said, we want him to try it on. And they were like, oh, okay. You know, and in that case, he did play it up. Um, but that's People undervalue what a big you're we're talking about his acting career. I mean, it wasn't substantial, but it was big. You know, it'd be like if Michael Strahan was convicted. That's, of double that's the most apt it would be bigger than I could that. make. I think he was more of a social phenom in a time when there weren't, you know, well, and also true. when there was a smaller media market and, you know, mm-hmm. one star could, especially in football at the time. But he did. He did come from, you know, he had the L.A. tie like Strahan has the New York tie. And he's won Super Bowls, Pro Football Hall of Famer. He will. Um, he's liked in almost every household. Like yeah, your mom really knows him from Good Morning cute. America. Your yeah. dad knows him from the field. Yeah. Your sister knows him from Regis and Kelly or whatever it was. Yep, it's, it and will so, always be Regis and Kelly. They can call it whatever they want. Yeah, and it's always going to be. They Re- should always Regis have Regis. And Kathy Lee or whatever. It's like in Dallas, the radio show Kid Craddock. Uh-huh. You know, they still call it Kid Craddock, which is kind of uncomfortable because he passed away a few years ago. Uh-huh. But uh, they should still call it Regis, even though he retired. It'll always like, be five Dick Hark's New Year's Rockin' Eve. Yeah, some things should just stay. That's exactly right. So, uh, where were we? Continue. Oh, we we're talking about. Uh, 
Well, I was I was say, uh, talking about the the star power of OJ at the time, yeah. which is kind of lost because now a whole generation Strahan, of people of him think you know potential. Strahan work. is kind of that he could do no wrong mm-hmm. kind of a guy. If right. you heard Strahan cut two people's heads off, you'd yeah. be like, he, "There's no way yeah. that Michael sure. Strahan did that." You, there was no way you could convince me that he did. I mean, um, that's a very good one. The Rock is another one. Mm. Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael's way bigger than OJ, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think of some others people that are just in terms have perfect. of Tom people, Brady kind of thing. People maybe. that yeah, Tom Brady. There are so many people behind you mm-hmm. that there's such a big loud voice for the opposite for the innocent that it overrides any sense of guilt. You know, the fact that he was so famous probably and they heard it, the jurors heard it in their daily lives that I he know. was innocent. Uh, from everybody, they heard every angle of it, whether they, you know. Uh, or trying to avoid it or not, um, that was always an interesting part too. Is the, is the whole jury selection process and how much of a obviously a big deal that played in? Yeah, and they go into the all thing. that in the uh, documentary a lot. Yeah, so they do. That. Th- what are your thoughts on how that kind of transpired? Obviously, it transpired in OJ's favor, but how did the prosecution not put up a bigger fight? for different jurors or yeah. I think re- they did. It's just kind of when a case is that I, I'm assuming, and again, it's been about, you know, six months since we saw this. I think it was that it was just so prevalent that, you know, it was really hard to find jurors who hadn't heard of this. You had to find poorer people, people who didn't, you know, own TVs mm-hmm. and stuff in the nineties. Sure. Yeah, and they but- were also more, they were more likely, you know, they said in the documentary that poor people were more likely to be persuadable because they didn't have a connection to this at all. And that was how hard it was, you know. I think people talk about O.J. Simpson's, his loyalty to either, you know, uh, black or white is a mm-hmm. big, you know, he's, he's uh-huh. a, a uh, transitional racial figure, right? Yeah. But I think the thing, the cons- consistency of O.J., even though he didn't grow up with this, but a- after USC – is someone of high class, mm-hmm. right? You someone of a he's he exuded wealth, and so, uh, you know, that that was that was his audience. I think so. Uh, you're right. I think you have to find people, you know, and so and a lot of times, unfortunately, especially during that time in, in Los Angeles, those are people of, uh, you know, of, of color, and so that was like the big. And that's what was interesting about the whole series was it was more of a look at like how the racial tensions Mm -hmm. in in America at the time and how his attempt to stay out of them for about, you know, 20, 30 years suddenly converged in the 90s. Right. And that's really what the documentary was about, was more about that convergence and really about him. It was about how he ran parallel to it, the tensions he tried to stay out of they ran parallel and then he became the focal point for where they met up and uh, then delves into this bizarre seventh or sixth part that is just a surreal i'm actually really glad that they did that yeah i do too and i think it was the ended up being the most interesting part of the documentary because it was just something it was so bizarre and it really didn't fit in with the documentary is. It whole. could have been its own documentary, yeah. just life after. OJ I found or myself whatever. finding parts of it just comically bad, whereas the first f- parts of it were so. What are your important and were oh, very absolutely. dark so and very you know mm-hmm. serious, serious yeah. surreal? Honestly, yeah. you, that that second to last part of the OJ documentary series. Um, 
where they kind of they show everything. Mm-hmm. They show all the crime scene photos. They put it all out there before the verdict is read. Um, a lot of that stuff probably would never seen the light of day, but it sure. kind of needed to. Yeah. In, in a sense, what are your thoughts on the if I did it? The O.J. story, well, like if he would have done the murders, well, that, here's how I would have done them, and I'm going to write a book about Like what? Again, seeing that After last After you've part, already gotten, if you've actually done the murder, which he didn't, of course. Um, <laughs> 2003 Russian Yards, right. 14 games. 2003 yes, Russian Yards, 1973. You cannot forget. <laughs> He's got a gold jacket. Do we? <laughs> no. Um, Eric Dickerson, and that's why I wear the Even jacket. if he didn't do if if he did do it, and he got away with murder. Mm-hmm. Why would you ever want to bring it up or associate it with it but again? Any, cash but to find cash. the real killer. But that's where the <laughs> he's convinced that she's her killer's out. Her killer's out there. Yeah. But what did he was like golfing? Yeah, there's a lot of golf. A lot of a lot of search for the killer. But yeah, that was the a part of that. That was really explained by that last part where it showed that this guy kind of went off the rails even more so that if you you know. Uh-huh. Than being, a, you know, somebody who'd been accused of murder, he became just this bizarre figure in that. Remember, part he of had a life. rap career. Yeah, he had a, a rap bit. career, and, and he, he was like a thug guy and talking yeah. about murdering and he, people, and that was a weird time. Yeah, man. and you know <laughs> wow. that that could explain why you would write a book like that, and yeah, think you, you know, hey, there's no problem with this. Yeah, and Marcus Allen went over to see Nicole. <laughs> he was inspired by role well, model. Why, <laughs> why not pay Nicole's family? Why avoid that whole thing? What are what what's the motivation there? If well, you, if I think we can say innocent. I mean, he was not not well. He was guilty though in the civil court. So sure. that's yeah. where it's he was guilty to pay them money. Yeah, but, but he had money. Um, but that was the you thing. Would think by you'd the want end to clear clear it all everything. Uh, by the end of it, he by the end of it, he was selling money. his own memorabilia. Yeah. Correct, but, trying to get it back. Yeah. I, but that was I the thing. Like was he? It's such a. Convoluted. It ended up being that that the civil trial. Even though he didn't go to prison, you know, it ended up breaking him in a way that yeah. led to this downward spiral that eventually ended up with him in prison. Mm-hmm. So, sure. Yeah. Do you think he'll get out in the next few years? Um, He's up for parole We'll that, see next, next year. year, won't we? Yeah. Yeah. Something I really enjoyed about it, too, was the car chase and uh, the, the Bronco, how that was shot in the FX series. Mm-hmm. Was really, they kind of did a whole episode yeah. on that recreated it. Steven and, and I have almost bought white Broncos like seven different times online. <laughs> I bet they're hard to find because of that. They I'm are. Sure. They are. It's like Hitler's in the New York City phone book post night. They're bringing back the Bronco though. Ford is. I know. Yeah, I well, saw, you that. saw that. Yeah. They don't sell it in white though. <laughs> they don't. As of the new one. They're, right? they're like red, black, <laughs> they, tan, gray. That's OJ a pretty big in, white Bronco. That's pretty everyone. much a big impact when you can stop, get somebody to stop making a white car. It's one yeah. of the most common That was colors. AC's Bronco too. Yeah. That wasn't yeah. even OJ's. The great cars, the great SUVs of the past. 90s was the Bronco. And then the early 2000s, remember the, this is, my cousin and I have a whole bit on this because it's the most useless car ever made, but it's awesome. Avalanche? No. Montana? The, the two-door Tahoe. Two-door Tahoe. <laughs> remember the yeah. two-door Tahoe? That was yeah. like the broiest bro car of all time, but it was useless because it was like a truck that you had to fold everything in front. Yeah. It's like sports car, but truck. SUV. Yeah. Weird. All right. So let's, let's change here. So that's our OJ talk. We just wanted to get that out because yeah, we've done yeah. that over the year. So Steven knows more about everything than we do, but yeah. one thing that him and Kent both share, and I want to facilitate this conversation, is they're both very, very uh, um, knowledgeable of music, especially modern music. So I want to get both of your top three 
albums of the year as we end the year here. We're going to do a little Mad About Music oh, real wow. quick before we... Albums of 2016. And we're heading into the 2017. What are your top three? And start with number three, and we'll alternate. Okay. Work our way down. Top three albums of 2016. I can start it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go... Number three. Life of Pablo, guys. Life of Pablo, number of three. Of course. Okay. Not I got to steal that one. Three. Got to steal that one. A little foreshadowing, one. but... <laughs> yeah. All right, Stephen, your number three Kanye album. Kanye West, Life of Pablo. Great album. Great stuff. Um, we'll we, let Stephen talk about the it. The three but. of us went and saw him in concert. Yes. Yeah, yes, but you explain. You've loved Kanye West forever. Well, we'll, we'll hold it off. Oh, okay, sure. Get, okay. So I, I don't want to ruin my list. I guess I have, but it's going to be a little <laughs> higher up. Okay. Stephen, number three album of the year. Uh, number three, I have to go with uh, Blonde by Frank, Frank Ocean. Okay. I just think it was an amazing album, um, a real detour, just the simplicity and the emotion of it it just has an amazing vibe i think it was i don't think it's as good as his last album and um it's going to be hard to top that but he kind of just went with it and did something completely new and original and so. you think that 2016 has been one of the great music yeah, years one of, your of the life. great so number three this year is no slouch no no it's uh it's probably been the best year okay i can remember living through especially for hip-hop and stuff mm -hmm. but yeah okay kent your number two album of the well, year you don't have any richard you don't no, have i'm any? facilitating i'll, well, I'll tell my facilitator okay uh -huh. um i'm gonna go with my number two album of the year i'm gonna go with an artist formerly known as kendrick lamar untitled <laughs> unmastered okay love it great that's a great album i love it. i'm 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 with you guys so far it's kind He's of his b-sides uh album but it's better I than anyone else physical vinyl this mm -hmm. year love it spin it all the time it's uh definitely not main LP quality material. Not to say that it's not that quality of music, but it's not yeah. poppy in any sense. It yeah. does feel like There's just songs singles. he wrote. Yeah. And it's just the jamming and uh it's definitely a good late night record. Mm -hmm. And um yeah. All right, Steven, number All two. Right. I'm going to agree with you, even oh, though wow. there's, yeah. Oh, wow. I figured you two would have some more taste, so yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I, even though there's going to be some controversy about whether it constituted an album, um yeah. I am going to say I have a completely different view of the album. I think it is a material. I think the fact that you can put a compilation together that is that cohesive like a real album is unbelievable. The way he weaves the songs yeah. together is and, impressive. And um and I would say um that it's actually more poppy than uh to pimp a butterfly because mm -hmm. I think there are more melodies. I think now I think he gets pimp, some credit. Hooray. I think I think he does get some credit for uh not always going for melodies. He didn't really on his first two albums. It's not really always his thing that everything has to be a pop single, but I feel some of these songs, again, it's hard to know the titles of them because um, they're just numbers. They're, they're just numbers, but th there were great melodies. And um, yeah, Pimp I just. Butterfly has singles, though. It has All Right, mm -hmm. These Walls, King Kunta. Those are like but radio I, songs. I got a yeah. bone to pick. Yeah, but I would say that These Walls is, doesn't have a standout melody, it's a lyrical track. If These Walls could talk. <laughs> okay, that's I a standout it does, melody. Yeah. It's a chorus. I, I, but um, I just like the also the genres he went into mm -hmm. it. Um, to throw an artist out who's oh, probably not going to come out, but it reminds me a bit of like the futuristic s sounds of like Shabazz Palaces, who is an underground rap group mm -hmm. on Sub Pop. So I, th I think yeah. I think what Kanye did for Soul, I think Kendrick will do for Jazz in terms of bringing that sound back into modern music. Oh, To Pimp a Butterfly is a great jazz record. Yeah, exactly. All yeah. the Kamasi Washington stuff. Yeah. And, no, I, I th I'm with you guys. I think that's such a cool cool thing. And I do. think this album had a little bit more of, you know, like a, the 
futuristic electronic stuff, but it also had some funk on it. Mm-hmm. It had even, oh, yeah. I think, a little bit of folky, like, you yeah. know, sing-along stuff. So I think it was spoken word stuff. So, yeah. It's okay. Great album. All right, Kent, your number one album. Oh, you have more on this? Um, Go ahead. Continue. I have an honorable mention that I can okay. mention. Uh, Chance the Rapper. Yes. Yeah. That's an honorable mention. Yeah, that's – in any other year, that could have been – Yeah, Cohen Book's great. You know, I think a lot of the critics put that as the best rap album of the year. It's not a bad choice at all. I've heard that it's a mixtape, though. Yeah, I've that's that the thing. Argument. I also don't want to put my top three because I want to push him to make an actual album that I can buy, and <laughs> keeping him out of right. my top three will hopefully make <laughs> yeah, him feel he's rejected. sweating right now. He's yeah. taking that number three hat yeah. off and throwing it across the room. I hope my rejection will push him to love make Love that. I love Lemonade. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lemonade's amazing. It was incredible. Uh, the, uh, the, the whole... I, I sat and watched the premiere on the HBO thing that mm-hmm. she did, and I, I was just completely blown yeah, away. Awesome. Like it could have won an Oscar for best picture. I'm not even kidding. Like <laughs> yeah. it's that well done. It's so good. Yeah. Um, Childish Gambino's album was really good. Yeah, that was uh, a shocker. Yeah, that came out of kind of a uh-huh. that's a totally different sound for him. Um, what else are we missing? Some other honorable mentions. Oh, well, of course, Danny Brown's Atrocity Exhibition, which uh, Richard here views. Did you hear understand. views? A uh, big letdown. Yeah. I would say I would say in hip hop, rap, soul, the only two letdowns this year. It's easier to list the letdowns because like so many people from Danny Brown, Kendrick Lamar, Chance just came through. Beyonce, uh, Frank Ocean, and the R and B stuff. Um, I'd say the only two that really were disappointment were Drake, which I don't always expect Drake to deliver, <laughs> and. Um, Probably the weekend has fallen off. Yeah, I'm not a big fan. I'm not, I can't get into. Really that Really like the mixtapes he did like three, four years ago, like but the, he's really I the last fallen. album was fine. The new one I can't. Yeah, and the I album Starboy I can't really. I really like the mixtape, so I highly recommend those. Yeah. So number my one, number one I'm going to mm-hmm. reveal is controversial. Mm. Radiohead. Guys. Oh, yeah, love Radiohead. How hipster. Solomon, <laughs> uh, Solomon Austin this year. You did, and, well, uh, well, good stuff. The reason you. I can say the reason you love that album, Paul it, it is Anderson. a great album. I love that album too. That's definitely in my top of the year, uh, as are most of their albums every year they release one. But you saw Radiohead live immediately after seeing Diane Word live. I did, and so it that made, makes it, that it, makes Radiohead ten you're times better. One hundred percent correct. <laughs> it made it that much better because yeah. I was like, "Wow, this is great music." I was, and I, I I'm surprised you didn't get the bends. No, uh, I, no pun intended. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I probably went back and listened to OK Computer more after that show than yeah. their new stuff or any of the more stuff they played. Because the, the few songs they played from OK Computer, I was just remembering how great that album that is. And I'm awesome. like, I went back and I've spun it a few times in the past couple of months. And I'm just like, man, like you cannot catch lightning in a bottle yeah. like that again. I don't think there's been a record, a rock record that's been like that transcendent yeah. or that ahead of its time since that. All I right, really Steven. I think so. All Steven, right, this number has been one. Great. Um, yeah, number one. Oh wait, do I get to do my number one? You do. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, well, I've already revealed it. It's Life of Pablo. Oh, um, well, I know. Shocker. I You're just, not uh, wearing your "I Feel Like Pablo" no. shirt tonight. I know. I should have worn or it. Or your Yeezys. Yeah. <laughs> or my uh, jacket. My feel Life of Pablo jacket. With the camo one. Yeah, the camo. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, just, you did bleach just the top of your hair though, and it looks great. <laughs> The shirt you have with just naked Kim Kardashian on the front <laughs> is tasteless, but you're a huge fan. I prefer his airbrushed Robert Kardashian shirt. Yeah, they yeah. actually were selling those at the show, like official merch. How great yeah. is that? The uh, fifty nine dollars for a t shirt, airbrushed white t shirt. Yeah, awesome. Uh, yeah, just a great album. I think you know. 
I think it's gotten a lot of flack, but um, I think it just was really um, I don't we can't say it's as you know great as his other albums, but it's I think was more of an emotional album than it was the way his other albums were just so much about a musical idea that he pushed through, like 808s, the dark the dark stuff he did on 808s, mm-hmm. or the really grandiose stuff he did on a dark twisted fantasy or the almost industrial of Jesus. It was just more of an emotional experience and um, just the roller coaster of it all was really amazing. So life of Pablo. So any m- good movies you've seen this year where a movie show, um, anything you've seen in the well, theater that you're like, wow, it was good or wow. It was I think terrible. the best movie I saw this year probably was the lobster. Yeah. I just, you know, that'll be on my top. Yeah. It was in the um, top of my list. I somewhere. just, I'm glad I knew when I was seeing it. And even before the P other four people who went to see it started walking out and I ended up being the last one there. I was like, this just, this is amazing. It's not for American audiences. It's like an even dark, a dark Wes Anderson. And oh, it's, it's so good. Yeah. It, I was amazing. blown away at how much yeah. I loved it. Oh. it your, yeah. Your second favorite movie of the year was Now You See Me Too or was it? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. Uh, cool. Well, of course, Batman versus Superman. Oh, you did love that. Okay, we, we need got your thoughts. We got to wrap need, this up. We need Give like us three minutes. Three on minutes on on BVS. Let's go. Oh my! Um, the whole or the whole WBDC universe. If you well, got I saw that movie, and I'm not going to see any more until I see a preview that seems worth seeing. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it, to start with, they didn't have a good place to start for Man of Steel. If you're going to make a sequel to a movie that wasn't good to begin <laughs> with, and it just yeah. I mean, it's like. I have a hard time making this into something I can get upset about. It's just it wasn't a good movie. It made no sense. It uh, it was just a bunch of stuff happening, and then it was over. <laughs> I mean, and then some big creature came out who I had no idea who they were. And, you know, I will say I, I thought Affleck was a serviceable Batman. You know, I think yeah. it's good to be for them somebody to do it serviceably rather than try to outdo Christopher Nolan at this point. But, I mean, the movie was just bad you know i don't even think it's going to be a classic bad movie where people talk in 20 years about how awful even, it is it's not even i think fun it's bad, a rel- yeah. i think it's irrelevant already yeah and that's the worst thing you could be i'd much rather make a movie see a movie that's like i'm going to be laughing at this in like, 15 like years. batman and robin yeah <laughs> exactly you know batman and robin we're still laughing about this movie what killed the dinosaurs steven the ice, ice age i saw a tweet from Patton oswalt that said Trump just nominated the jar of urine for Secretary <laughs> of Treasury. <laughs> There's what, what? actually a, a cent- central part of that movie involving a jar yeah. of urine. As I've said a million times, every, as I've said a million <laughs> times, all you need to know about DC and WB in terms of direction is that they made a Batman versus Superman movie and made it dark with jars of piss. And then they made Justice League and made it for kids. Right. <laughs> like, all yeah. you need to know is those two decisions are show how bad you are at marketing your movies. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty good. Well, this has been great. Anything you want to recommend while we're yes, here? Uh, we do weak recommends. Yeah, give oh, us wow. a Steven recommend. could be uh, any form of media that you're currently liking. Uh, an album or a, a podcast or movie oh, you want wow. people to watch. I'm really put on the spot. I know. It's more of what you've been watching lately. What have you been Netflixing things like that. Oh, mm. well, I just I guess since I'm don't I'm drawing a blank here. You other produce than, the show, you know yeah, I know <laughs> I'm horrible at this. Um, he does big. Picture. This is why I'm not been allowed on the show. He's um, a big picture guy. Yeah, um, I I would have to go back to the Lobster just because we've done all the music that you know I'm listening to yeah. lately, and um, 
I think that's... You've been you watching know. Sherlock, too. Yeah, I've finally me. gotten into Sherlock, which is... Uh, I recommend that, but I'm sure that's been recommended to everyone by everyone else. So It has. I think all three of good. us have recommended that. But at that least that, you know. It's absolutely great. Well, well, we'll have you back soon will, for a movie. Thank you, yeah. We will tease a real episode in the next few days. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian will be back. Uh, we were meeting tonight. We figured we pop on the uh, pop on the headsets. Talk Frazier. Give, t- <laughs> give a little bonus talk for you guys, and we're going to be talking Manchester by the Sea with Brian later in the week, and La La Land the beginning of next week, and wrapping up this year, and I think our best and worst of the year episode is coming in the next few as well. So a lot to look forward to in 2016. And our fourth year anniversary. Our fourth anniversary is coming up. Fourth anniversary. We're going to have to talk about that and uh, have our annual pledge drive and all those good mm-hmm. things. But the year of OJ is rounding the corner. Three days left until 2017, and it can't get here sooner. It's going to be the year of Timothy McVeigh. <laughs> I can sense it. Oh, great. Well, or year They're, of Kaczynski. They, they That's tried, a little less dark. They year tried to make it the year of Jean-Benet Ramsey. No, no one cared. No one was in on CBS that CBS was like, CBS just went all in on JonBenet Ramsey shows. They're doing a 10-part. Uh, I think NBA is doing a, like a 10- or 12-part Michael Jordan I documentary. Know. I've heard it's awesome from early people. I don't think that could be. It's not going to be OJ level, but OJ. if it gets into the gambling and stuff, it has yeah, that's what it needs to get into. Yeah, yeah, could have potential. really. They just need to make a twelve part documentary about his baseball career. <laughs> they did. Uh, they did thirty for thirty on that. That that was a lot. I need the more. Boss. I need to see more of those at bats of him Kit, striking out. Shout out to your whoever your family. I assume that got you the big thirty for thirty. Uh, we can recommend. Uh, got the thirty for thirty Blu-ray um, collectors set, and it's. Uh, 20 Blu-ray discs with 100 documentaries on there. Wow, and awesome. I, I think it cost 30 bucks or something like that. Oh, really? It's that cheap? Uh, it, it was a Black Friday deal or, or awesome. online, Amazon, yeah. something. So go check that out. Cool. And that's a great gift and a side recommend. But I, th- I'm, I think Space Jam was kind of like, in hindsight, I think that was a documentary about Michael Jordan's mm, That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Bill Murray and that the golf hole. That, really that definitely needs makes to make it the criterion okay. edition. <laughs> well, thank you to everyone for being here. Thank you to the sponsors for Thank sponsoring you this episode. Thank you for all of for barking and making an appearance. And until next time, we're more with Brian. We'll see you at the cinema. Bye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I've got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya-ya. Your salads and scrambled eggs.